Hello again. I'm Jim Paulson with David Levake for another edition of Talking Preps. I'm uh, leading in as the host today um, because Dave is still busy prepping for all of his soccer insight that we're going to be getting from him very soon. David, getting down to the uh, um, state tournament time where we've got um, girls' tennis state tournament pairings are ready to go. We've got soccer section finals are going to be decided to, tonight, or as we're recording this on, uh, on a Tuesday. And uh, the end of the football regular season is coming up. It's getting to be that time of year. Well, it comes down to three letters, doesn't it, Jim? M-E-A. So that forces everything to happen on a Tuesday or, in this case, a football Wednesday predominantly. There's still some football games on Thursday. We'll get to that at the, at the later part of this podcast. But, but yeah, for the most part, things are, are, are happening tonight, and, and things, very big things are happening tonight. We'll find out what our state tournament fields will look like by the time we, we go to bed tonight. Let's talk a little soccer, which yes. we haven't talked nearly enough this year, but sure. it's time, to the, time to, of the year to talk a little soccer. I mean, if you're going to talk it, state tournament time is the time to do it. What, uh, what should we know in uh, the world of uh, boys and girls soccer right now? Well, so I've just looked at Class 3A. I know they've got two other classes of soccer, but um, in the 3A, across the board, with the exception of boys soccer, Section 8, they're in their semifinals tonight. Otherwise, everybody's in their section final Tuesday night. And if you we run down the different sections here, and it's a little bit of uh, we'll, we'll go backwards. We'll start with section eight, and this is girls soccer. Buffalo at St. Michael, uh, section seven boys. Centennial at Andover. The girls will be opposite. They'll be Andover at Centennial. Uh, defending uh, Washburn, Minneapolis Washburn goes to Wyzetta in boys section six. Wyzetta boys, the defending state champions, and the girls uh, Rogers goes to Wyzetta. So doubleheader at the home of the Trojans tonight. The uh, Section 5, Champlin Park at Maple Grove Boys. The girls are Maple Grove at Spring Lake Park. The uh, Section 4 for boys, Woodbury at Stillwater. And you've got um, uh, Wood, White Bear Lake at Woodbury on the girls' side. Section 3, Park Cottage Grove at Rosemount. And then Rosemount at Egan is the other game happening. Uh, what's interesting about that is the Rosemount boys and girls coach is the same guy. So that's kind of fun. Uh, so he'll, he'll be doing double duty tonight. And then you've got uh, in Rosemount girls, of course, the defending state champions. And then on the uh, boys' side, Section 2, Edina at Minnetonka. And then girls, and now I say Edina at Minnetonka, but the reality is those games are played at Prior Lake, neutral site. So that's what's happening with the boys and uh, girls, Edina at Tonka. And then uh, Lake Girls, Lakeville South at Lakeville North, that, that was Section 1. But here's what's really interesting about the boys' Section 1. Now, I haven't gone through the different seeds in these matchups, but if you had to guess, what are you, most of your Section Final seeds going to be in the, in the championship game? Probably a one versus two. Absolutely. That's, yeah, yeah. That's, that's what you're aiming for. Yeah, that's, that, that's set that, up. conventional wisdom says one probably plays two for the final, and you'll get your occasional. I think there's a couple of three seeds mixed in here, but – the one that stood out to me, boys soccer, section one, number seven seed, Lakeville North at number four seed, New Prague. <laughs> so I, I don't know how that that's I mean, Lakeville North is not exactly an upset special, but, you know, according to the seeds, they really punched above their weight to get to the final. Oh, I would say that there was two teams taking a very strong defensive posture and uh, looking to, uh, to bring it down to a, a, a defensive game and maybe bring it into uh, uh, PKs. That's a good point. So, uh, we also the uh, information came out yesterday about the boys and girls, Mister and Ms. Soccer finalists. Uh, each class 
has five finalists per gender, and I'll just right, since we're talking section. So wait a second. So eight, there's three classes. Each has five finalists. So we're talking thirty Mr. and Miss Soccer uh, um, state finalists yes. right now. That's that, that's that's in contrast to what we do with our all metro teams, which I've always uh, championed because not only is it us, but we've been a little bit more exclusive than all state teams and and uh, and uh, Mr. Miss Soccer team because they recognize every class where we have whittled it down to you know, just one team, the best of the best in the metro area. Yeah, and, and we also are not beholden to picking only seniors. The Mr. Mm-hmm. and Ms. Soccer Awards, those are for seniors only. Yep. And by and large, your seniors are your better players, but sometimes a junior can step up and deserves some some credit. So uh, sticking to the Class 3A, well, with the uh, boys finalists, we've got – uh, Emmett Brown is he still going? He's an attacker with Minneapolis Washburn. He's they're going, they're going tonight at Wyzetta. You've got Beckett Carlson, the goalkeeper from Maple Grove. They're they're going to be playing tonight. With, they got Champlin Park coming to town, and then in, you've got other pl- players that are the uh, Colin uh, Vilmy, the attacker from Stillwater. They're they're in the, he's in the section final as well. On the girls' side, you got uh, 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 let's see t- t- Izzy Ingle from Edina, the great midfielder. She she's playing tonight. Will be a big focus of what they're doing. I think you mentioned her in the last uh, yeah. podcast as someone who's kind of really risen above um, the rest of the uh, yeah. uh, the uh, girls' soccer world this year. I think so. And then you got Addison Van Z, attacker from Centennial, and of course they're playing tonight. The girls they're going to host Andover. So there's other players that are are certainly elite players, but. Their, their teams have been eliminated or, or outside of the Metro. So that's just a quick highlight to, to who the best of the best are for those finalists. When you talked about the, uh, the team finals that are going on, um, who do you look at as being the team that is most likely to come out and be kind of a number one seed? And who is the team that has a chance to make the state tournament and, uh, um, and that maybe shouldn't? Well, there's no you didn't get here by accident at this point of the game. I mean, you had to win several games to get here. So if you get through to the state tournament, you belong there. Period. So, but who who would be surprised? Maybe is a better way to put it. Uh, Spring Lake Park girls have never been there. They're in the section final tonight. They're hosting a section final game. So we'll see if they can break through and, and get that done. Uh, and then we talked about the favorites. It's hard to pick against Wyzetta boys. It's hard to uh, who are the defending champs. So not exactly a, a real you know. Surprise pick, but uh, um, then on the girls' side, uh, you know, <clears throat> Edina's still going, and gosh, they've been knocking on the door the last couple of years. I think that they're, if they can get by Tonka, they, I think they're the favorite in the girls. And that is a big, if they can get by Tonka, that's a huge rivalry. It's yeah. a conference rivalry. Yep. It's it's two teams, players that know each other very, very well. So that would be a a, a, a big feather in their cap if Edina's able to slip by Tonka there. Yeah, I agree. So, and because before Edina got on its run here lately, Tonka owned them in the in the section playoffs. So it's it's <coughs> not me. a uh, it's not fate complete that Edina is going to get by Minnetonka. That's going to be a good knockdown drag out. You're uh, you're going to be nervous right up till the end of that game to if you know whoever whatever side you're on because it's going it could be that tight. And the weather looks like it's going to be terrific for some section finals tonight. I know both of us have covered some soccer section finals that haven't been necessarily terrific, and particularly in the, the first round of the state tournament, which doesn't go indoors to U.S. Bank Stadium until they get to the semifinals. The first round of the state tournament at um, neutral sites can also have some weather issues. So it's good to see one night that uh, so many big games are going to happen 
and the weather isn't going to be much of a factor. Now I know why you stay closer to volleyball and tennis. Those are indoors. You're, yeah. not, you're not as dumb as you look. Well, you know, I've had to cover some <laughs> some football outdoors. So, uh, yeah, I the, the, I'm, I'm live for the great indoors. I'm not an outdoorsman. I live to live indoors. So if I want to do any, any hunting or fishing, there's a lot of great hunting and fishing shows I can watch on TV. <laughs> Duck Hunter, get the out the old Nintendo and exactly. make it happen, yeah. So what do we got in tennis? Well, you know, the, the girls' state tennis tournament, which is coming up next week, the uh, individual finals in most sections will be coming up today. Um, but the team part of the state tournament has already been set. In class AA, Rochester Mayo, which has been number one all season long, has, uh, uh, has already obviously qualified, and they have a very good chance at winning their first state championship this year, as has Minnetonka, Eastridge, Moundsview, Maple Grove, Edina, Elk River, and Brainerd. Most of those teams are veteran state tournament uh, uh, programs that you expect to see here at this time of year. In Class 1A, Rochester Lords has been number one, and they've got a chance to make it a sweep for Rochester this year. So they've, they've won Section 1, also qualifying in Class 1A. St. James, Laverne, Blake, who has gone bounced back and forth from Class 2A and Class 1A in the past few years, is a 1A school this year. They're in there as a Providence Academy New London Spicer, which upset number one seed Osakis in Section 6, Pine City, and Crookston, rounding out the Class uh, uh, 1A field. Again, those state tournaments will be next week. Girls uh, AA at uh, um, the University of Minnesota and single A over at Reed Sweat Tennis Center in Minneapolis. Very good. Moving along to football, which you can't go without talking football. Um, no, you can't. David, you got a chance. We both got a chance to see some teams in some smaller classes that we haven't seen this year. You got to go out and watch um, St. Agnes at Seafoam Stadium on the, by Concordia St. Paul. What did you see? First of all, you asked me last week when we were talking about that going into that game, you said, how many stadiums is this now for you? I went back and I, t- I tallied it up. Uh, I, have, I had the list tallied, but I added St. Agnes to Seafoam Stadium to the list. That's number 74. Wow, and 74 times you've been sitting watching football in the lap of luxury, obviously. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I imagine your numbers, if you ever compile them, I bet you they end up being very close to 74, if not surpassing it. But um, I saw St. Croix Lutheran play awful, <clears throat> excuse me, in the first half, and uh, <clears throat> excuse me, and then St. Agnes rolling to a, I think it was 21 to three at the half, and you thought, you know, you're on your way to a kind of a blowout situation. Um, but St. Croix Lutheran came back and they played a lot grittier brand of football in the second half and aided by St. Agnes, who just kept turning the ball over. So St. Agnes got a stop when they needed to get one at a point where it looked like St. Croix Lutheran might be able to get back into the game. St. Agnes was able to shut that try down and they ended up winning 35-10. But it, was, uh, it, it took a while for that, for that score, that gap, to really show itself. You know, we've talked an awful lot about uh, the big schools. How good is St. Agnes, and can they compete in the, I think they're a Class 2A school, if I'm yes. not mistaken. And, you know, you've got some big boys in Class 2A. Caledonia, which is always Class 2A bullies. And Barnesville, which runs a, uh, a very efficient version of the Power T that Elk River has made so fashionable. Those two teams have been near the top. Can St. Agnes, and you've also got the Eden Valley Watkins and the Jackson County Centrals, can St. Agnes, a small mini or small St. Paul private school, compete 
with those programs that have been so good for so long? Well, they believe that they're capable of anything, so that it all it starts there. Um, they they have, by the looks of it, they have decent depth. I, I do think there are a number of players that go both ways, but but maybe not as many as others. I haven't studied that exactly, but but they they do all the right things. They they play really good defense, and they can run the football when they're not fumbling the ball. So if they work on uh, ball security, they they think that they could be as good as anybody down the stretch. So am I possibly underestimating simply because? They're a, a, a small private school, and they're not one of these, you know, traditional um, thumping football programs like a Caledonia. Is that uh, unfair to St. Agnes to think that they, they uh, to question whether they belong? Um, I don't think unfair would be the word because you make a good point for those other programs. They've been doing it for, at a high level for a long time, and St. Agnes is going to have to 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 turn their turn some heads and I think that they're going now for their first state tournament appearance since 96 I believe um so yeah they they have to prove it that they certainly that, that's that's fair to say but can they prove it I think they if they put up their best game together I think it was a good enough game to talk and get to the get to the Viking Stadium sort of a thing that 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 kind of a run that semifinal run I think they're very much capable of that you know and you never want to discount private schools I mean, uh, Mayor Luther won a state championship by beating Minota a couple years ago. So uh, you have some uh, – St. Croix Luther had won a couple of state championships a few years back. So you, it, that's pretty not, probably not fair to think that they can't compete with these other schools that have the tradition. But uh, Class 2A has been probably the most questioned, the most depth in any class this year. You know, Having done do the rankings, I see them come out, and you've got – Eden Prairie atop of 6A, and that's been kind of assured for most of the season. You've got Chan Hassan, top of Class 5A, because they beat the then number one Mankato West. I mean, head-to-head matchup, what else can you say? You've got uh, Becker, who is undefeated and has been traditionally good in Class 4A. Class 3A, at the top of Class 3A, you've got Esco and Stewartville, one in southern Minnesota, one in northern Minnesota. We tend to talk an awful lot at state tournament time of the quality of football that comes out of southern Minnesota. Yes. And because they've won a lot of state championship schools yes. down there. But ESCO, this ESCO team, could possibly do it this year, too. I talked to uh, um, Coy Parrish, the kid that's committed to Minnesota that's going to, uh, that goes to ESCO, and he thinks that this is the team that can win a state championship if they just don't make mistakes and don't beat themselves, which is the uh, mantra for every team at that time of year. You know, play your game, don't make mistakes, get a good chance. So, and then you, over in Class 2A, you had Barnesville, Caledonia, and there's uh, St. Agnes. So it's in and, and Class 1A, you've got Minota and number one in Class 9 player. They no longer call it 9-man. It's 9-player um, is Mountain Iron Buell, the defending state champs. So those are the, uh, the top teams in all seven classes. Um, it's hard to say which class is the deepest, but I saw Orono play on uh, Friday night. And Orono has always been a program that's been good, but you've always questioned whether or not they've got what it takes to compete at the state level to win a state championship. I think this might be Orono's best team in a long time. That is a very, very good football team. They handed it to Totino Grace on on Friday. Totino Grace had one drive that uh, went anywhere. Other than that, they just couldn't move the ball at all. Their first two drives, I think it was three and out, three and out, riddled with fumbles and mistakes. And uh, Orono went down took a 16 nothing lead, game over. That's a team with talent. It's a team that can throw the ball, but they've got a lot of good players who can run the ball. They play tough defense. That's a team that's 
set up well to have success in uh, late October and November. Nice. What um, you'd want to move to picks here this week? Um, we've got one game for Wednesday. It's Andover at Robbinsdale. First of all, spoiler alert: we picked the same winners for all three of the games that we're going to have in, in the paper on Wednesday, and it'll go online probably sometime later. That was the Armstrong, brother. So what did I say? Just said Art Robbinsdale, but yeah, there's. Oh there's, yes, yes, Armstrong. Armstrong. Yeah, so, sorry, Andover at Armstrong. We both picked Andover. Um, that's you know that's it. I mean, they've had such a grind of a schedule that that they could only if if it doesn't kill you, it's only going to make you tougher. And I think it's it's done the latter for them. The thing that I liked about Andover is they lost their starting quarterback Chase Pemberton in the second game of the season. I think that was the game that they lost to uh, Mankato West, which was ranked number one at the time. Yes, but with the backup quarterback Hudson Maynard, they have been just as good. They haven't missed a beat. Then Pemberton, I think, came back last week. I think would they beat Sock Rapids and they were undefeated at the time. Yeah, right. And then uh, so they haven't played a namby pamby schedule by no. any means, and that's a team that uh, is really uh, doing some good things. I think that Andover is the team I would favor over Armstrong. Not that Armstrong is not good; they've got a lot of speed, they've got a lot of talent. But I think this is one I I lean towards uh, Andover in this one. Well, Andover, when they talked about their brutal schedule, they Armstrong was part of that. Equation. They they knew Armstrong was going to be tough, and they are. I think they're ranked number eight this this week. So they're a very good program. One loss. So that'll be a good battle. Then Thursday, we mentioned we had some games on Thursdays. We've got a couple of really good ones. Um, I don't know which of you're going to, but we got Minnetonka at Maple Grove. We both picked Maple Grove, and I'm I'm wondering, what, you know, why what went into that? Because Minnetonka has had a, a great season, a great showing, but we're, we're both going with Maple Grove. What do you think? Um, you know, you watched them and, and you saw them play. I think I'm curious about where they, what their quarterback situation is and if they played without him or if he's been a more recent uh, injury casualty. Uh, so I don't know where Milios is, I believe is his name. Milos Spazojevic. Ah, uh, yes, there it is. Mm-hmm. So I don't know how many games he's missed or if it was just last game and they're adjusting now or if they've been making do without him. I don't know, but... But that would be a big question mark anytime you got to replace a strong senior quarterback. Milos has been down for a couple of games now. I think he had a torn okay. ACL. Things out, he's out for the season. Okay. Um, they re- replaced him with a, a sophomore named Caleb Francois, who uh, I think up until last year had been a running back. And uh, Mark Ash, the quarterback or the coach at Minnetonka, saw him and saw his talent and said, "This kid's got to be a quarterback." And so he's kind of relatively new to the, uh, to the position. He's only been playing it for a couple of years. He's got all the tools, all the skills. He's about 6'2". He's athletic. You know, He can run the ball, and he's got a strong arm. It's just a matter of figuring out the position. The game's slowing down for him a little bit. Last week, when they played Eden Prairie, Minnetonka, Francois was playing, and he was a little bit overwhelmed, at least in the first half, you could tell. Uh, Minnetonka regrouped and started putting the ball in the hands of their playmakers, which they did last week as well against Buffalo, and took the pressure off of Francois to be a team leader and a playmaker, and they end up scoring about 61 points against Buffalo. Uh, I think that Minnetonka can give Maple Grove a tough game because they do have a, a, a solid defense. But Maple Grove has had two one-point losses this year. How they lost to St. Michael, I'm not sure because if you look at the stats, they outgained St. Michael by, oh, I don't know, 130 yards, and the turnover battle, they didn't turn the ball over. So mm. how would it be that, that you could – have the time of possession, yeah. you can outgain a team 130 yards and still lose the game. I'm not sure how that happened, but uh, I think uh, Maple Grove is a team that uh, is 
going to be uh, you know ripping and snorting and ready to get after it after uh, a disappointing loss to St. Michael the other night. And speaking of ripping and snorting, we got Rosemount at Centennial. They're both there's a couple of sledgehammers going to see, you know, give each other hell, but Rosemount's been a little schizophrenic. So uh, that was the first line in your picks. Just which Rosemount team will show up? And that's a fair question because we've seen some really good things and we've seen some very mediocre things from them. Yeah, you know, Rosemount is always a team that doesn't wow you offensively. They've got talented offensive players, but they don't go out of their way to score 49 points. They want to uh, keep the game close, play tough defense, score enough points to win, and uh, if they can add a few and and make it uh, a little bit easier near the end of the game, they'll do that, but they're not a team that's ever going to wow you like that. This Centennial team, I've always thought Centennial's, like you you called them, a, a sledgehammer. That's a really, really good word for a Centennial. That's a team that lives to hit you. They got a bunch of kids that want to uh, knock your socks off and knock you into next week and they'll they win games seventeen to six, those types of games. This year Centennial's been scoring forty and thirty points in seven uh, six of their first seven games. It's a team that's got some offense. Um and they're at home. Which is just the perfect recipe for Rosemont to come out and play their best game. You, you, all the signs say Centennial wins this one, but again, you talk about Rosemont being a little schizophrenic. I think that's a team that, uh, uh, in this type of circumstance, could very easily um, uh, come out and surprise us this week. But I still am picking Centennial. I've loved Centennial all season long. Time to land the plane. All right. Thanks for being there with us. I guess that's Dave was giving me the the plane landing uh, hand motion. I didn't know what that what that meant. I thought he was trying to say, "Jim, you're smooth." Oh, I guess yeah. I was. I guess I wasn't that smooth. But there's a little bit of that too. We can go with that. Thanks for uh, thanks for joining us uh, this week. We've got we'll have section pairings coming up on football. Don't uh, miss that Friday. The uh, the section six A pairings will be coming out. That's always a big deal. So. Uh, We'll talk to you next week, and we'll talk about where we're looking at the state football playoffs.